Hey, Risto here with George Mason University. Uh, we have Carrie Saffron on today, uh, and this uh, short podcast on a couple of different theories is going to uh, link to her episode that covers the uh, article itself. So, uh, Carrie, um, congratulations on your doctorate, number one. And number two, uh, can you explain fematerialism to us? Uh, in the best way that you can, because I know that was a big part of your dissertation. First of all, thank you, Risto. Uh, yes, I defended my dissertation, and the theories I used, very loosely I'll say, because I always want to say I am no expert in theory, and it's something I don't always feel comfortable with, but I drew on affect and materialism. So first, um, I'll try to break down materialism a little bit. I'll probably botch this. And if anyone watches the video that accompanies the paper, we'll be talking about in the other podcast, there is a part where I mentioned being theory-averse, and that's definitely true in certain ways. But most simply, fematerialism is described as a mix of post-humanism, feminisms, and new materialisms. It began as a group with a it began as a group with a Twitter hashtag in 2015 and has grown into an international working group of educators, researchers, students, and artists looking to, in their own words, generate and remix habitual research and educational practices. So something I find important to remember, or what helps me, is that fematerialism can be used or can become used with different theorists and approaches. There's no single way or one way to approach fematerialism. Uh, so for example, there's a recent book, uh, an edited collection of feminist posthumanisms by Jessica Ringrose, Katie Warfield, and Shiva Zarabadi that draws from Deleuze and Guattari, Karen Barad, Rosie Bredotti, Donna Haraway, and others, and it features 10 previously published articles to start to showcase some of what fematerialism can do. And same with this issue in which my paper is a part of, um, this issue in reconceptualizing educational research art, research methodology. The articles in this issue reflect on what fematerialism can do or offer for pedagogical research and practice. And I think um, that question, and also the edited book by Ringrose and colleagues, is where I started. I'd already been playing around with affect, loosely drawing from Deleuze and Guattari, and then pulling in or playing around with them materialism allowed for maybe even a little more leeway to use the words in their opening to their edited collection to generate and remix the habitual. Um, so just to end like this little brief summary I tried, this approach opened up some arts-based methods, like the collaging I talk about in my paper, and then it also allowed me to continue to draw on affect. Okay, and so that's that's really interesting that this actually stemmed from a Twitter hashtag, which I had no idea. Um, but it seems like this is more of like a combination, as you talked about, from um, post-humanism, feminism, and new materialism, and that is kind of that. Um, condensed theory. And you, you talked about uh, affect theory. And so can you explain a little bit about the affect theory that you pull from uh, Deleuze and Guattari? Yeah. Um, so first of all, exactly. It is a mix of all these things. And you can look at different people drawn it in different ways. And I really ended up focusing on affect uh, with that paper. And again, I'll try to do my best with affect. Um, 
explaining and understanding it is something I'm constantly working on. Most simply put, I'd say affect is an intensity or sensation that has that has potential to produce change. And so change can be anything. It's not necessarily good. It can be uncomfortable, too, and probably is because we don't always like change or uncertainty. But what is important about affect here is it's not something that is known or pre-existing, and it doesn't belong to an individual subject. Um, so let's say in physical education we talk about the affect of domain being linked to feelings and emotions. Here, feelings and emotions are tied to particular scales or measurements or maybe an individual. With Deleuze and Guattari, as well as with other scholars I draw on, affect from a new materialist perspective is not only feeling or emotion. Affects are intensities that emerge as bodies or entities come together in any given context at a particular time. And so because it doesn't exist on its own, we cannot necessarily know it until it happens. And I'll give you two examples. So first, in a previous paper, I talked about an encounter between four youth, two fitness professionals, and myself through, an, through affect because that was a moment or encounter that really stuck with me. It made me wonder. Here in this paper that goes along with this little podcast, affect began to produce change through my entanglement with the materiality of the collaging process. So I didn't know what was going to happen, what was going to pre be produced through this collaging, and I still don't necessarily know, but what this interaction or relations between like human bodies, so myself and the participants, and non-human bodies, the magazines, collages, transcripts, started to produce affects, and that had the potential to open and or close different paths and connection to health and fitness. So here in this process of collaging in this paper, that sometimes enabled me to see things that I did not see at first but it also came with hesitations along the way. So even though affect is an intensity that may produce capacities for change, I always want people to realize that it's not something that's easy. It's not something that's immediate, and it's also not linear. It can, as I said, however, allow for some openings to change our interactions, and that's really what started to happen as I immersed myself in the materiality of collaging. Awesome. So can you give me a kind of like a practical example that would you know happen in an everyday life with affect? Yeah. So actually, I think this is something that has has really come up with everything that's going on right now. Um, and you know, I'm from New York City. I'm, for, I'm lucky not to be there right now, but I have been there um, driving through to drop some stuff off for people. And so affect is that kind of gut-wrenching feeling in, in your heart or in your body. And it can be a body reaction that you don't necessarily have control over at first because of things that are going on around you. So when I go into the city, like, my heart skips a beat when I hear a siren or when I see that the streets are empty and the stores are closed. Um, this is really an unprecedented, frightening time. Um, and I don't like to and can't compare this to anything else, but there's this eerie silence on the streets along with the sound of sirens, and it brings me be back to being in New York on September 11th, and I was there then as well. So there are all these things. It's not just one incident, but there are all these things that start to become tied together that then affect my body and the way I respond to it. Um, and it's mental, and it's physical, and it's psychological, um, and it's physiological. So all these things that are going on around me, the stores closed, um, people being affected, jobs being lost, schools moving online, the stress that all produces affects mm -hmm. and then can change how you respond. Yeah. And 
And I think you do a great job in the paper and, you know, for those uh, people who have come to ARA and seen you present and talked about this, I, I think you do a really good job breaking down a complicated theory. And I know that, you know, you talk about in your paper that you're theory averse and there are people who don't want to go in and say that they are the expert on a specific theory because a lot of times it is very confusing, but hopefully this little podcast helps people kind of get a basic understanding of that. And then I would obviously refer uh, them to read Deleuze and Guattari um, and um, even papers, you know, if you want to talk about femme materialism, if you look at the uh, Jessica Ringrose uh, book that you re uh, referred to earlier, I think those are great sources and, and we can put those in the podcast notes. So thanks, Carrie. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, I think it's really helpful to go back and forth between uh, like a primary source like Deleuze and Guattari and some of the more empirical articles because um, it's tough to read that stuff. Yeah. And if anybody ever has anything to add or suggest, I'm always open to that too because all we can do is try. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you.